You're listening to Direction for Life broadcast with Drs. Herbert and Marsha Bailey. For more information, visit rightdirection.info. We hope you enjoy today's broadcast. For some of you all, God's saying this, I need you to know that you know that you know that you're my best kept secret. And even though it looks like everybody else is having their moment and everyone's going over there and doing what they want to do, that I have you right exactly where I need you, where I can place in your life what you need in your life so that you can have stability and not fall off a cliff where everyone's seeing you. David was focused on his job. He was spending time with God. Tending the sheep after Samuel anointed him to be king. After. Some of us in here, we couldn't even handle that. You choose a big name. Pick one of your big people you admire in your head. If they came in here, called you to the front and said, I declare and decree. Or if they laid their hands on you, what would you do after? Would you still go back home and wash the dishes? Will you still go back and go in the family? Or with that moment? Ah. With all that limelight and all that real oil in front of your brothers with that mess your head up that you won't go back to keep keep the sheep. Not only was David anointed to be king, he stuck with his brand of discipline and diligence. He went back to his brand, which was his plan until your brand is rooted in his plan. So his brothers go to join the military. Here comes Goliath. And David went back to keep the sheep to the point where even his brothers said, why are you at the battlefield? David was so consistent in what he was called to do in secret that his brothers literally forgot. Don't you know that Samuel anointed him in front of y'all? They literally forgot the whole moment. The special guest shows up and anoints David in front of all his seven brothers. And they still don't understand why David's at the battlefield. Sometimes some people are called to be familiar with you. I need you to catch this. They never will know your gift. They will never see you for what God placed in your life. They are called because they're called to hide you. If his brothers would have went loud and shouted about how their brother got anointed, maybe Saul might have had access to kill David prematurely. But after the anointed moment, because his brothers were filled with so much hateration, they wanted to make sure no one knew. So they're like, we ain't going to tell nobody. Shoot, David's anointed to be king. I ain't telling nobody. He ain't going to be king. Whatever. He ain't going to be king. And their attitude was actually the clothing that protected David from prematurely death. I need you to understand. You need to thank God for your haters and you need to give God praise for people who don't support you because it's not time for you to have that support yet. It's supposed to be a secret. It's supposed to be a secret. And we want everyone to know prematurely that are we finally getting money. No, you can't. You don't know how to say no to your mama when she asked for it. You don't need no one knowing you got money right now. You You never say no to nobody. You're a yes man, a yes woman. And God has you hidden until you're strong enough to be a Joseph for your family and say, no, we're not doing this. And yes, we're doing that. So, wow, we have to learn to close our mouth and let the walk of faith talk. Look to someone and say, shh. I got to get lost in purpose. Lord, help me find purpose in the process. Help me find purpose as I serve in children's ministry. Help me find purpose as I serve with these young people. Help me find purpose as I work behind the scenes. Help me find purpose as I serve other people. Help me find purpose. But here's the thing. 
We all say, well, I'm in the process. I'm in my process. I'm just in my process. How are you doing? Well, I'm just in my process, Pastor Chan. I'm just waiting on my moment. No, you're not. What did David wait? What did David's waiting look like after he was anointed to be king? Did he immediately learn how to, ch- did he go shopping for new clothes? Did he learn, did he say, dad, I need some jewelry now because you know I'm anointed to be king. Did, did Samuel say, hey, you're coming with me from this day forward? Nope. Samuel said, you staying here in your village in Bethlehem and you can keep doing what your daddy told you to do. I just came to anoint you and keep moving. What do you do when you have a visitation of destiny, but God said, don't hang on too long. It's called to keep moving. Can you handle moments and glimpses of your destiny without it causing you to get off? Ah. Can you handle moments and you're wondering why you don't have a word and you're like, well, I need a prophetic word. God's like, no, you, you wasn't faithful with the last prophetic word. The last prophetic word had you doing stuff that was not my will. And now you're like, I need a prophetic word. God said, nope, get on your knees at home and I'll talk to you one-on-one. I ain't speaking to no, through you to nobody right now because you can't handle it. Ah. You can't handle it because it causes you not to go back to your flock. flock the flock represents the few, write this down. The flock represents the few little things that God has called me to do. Not the big little things, the few little things. The few little things that my peers may call as insignificant. His brothers, no one wanted to keep the sheep, not in Bethlehem. He's already anointed to be king. All that oil and all that moment, Samuel didn't even sit down until he came. And after he anoints him to be king and they eat, the next morning... David has the same job, not a new job, not a new car, not a new house. It looks like he's in the same season. Ah, it looks like he's in this. I I got hands laid on me. I got this word in my life. I go back home and it looks like I'm in the same season. When is my season going to change God? When is your word going to make some things shift in my life? Why does everything look the same, but I'm hearing everything new. Has anybody ever been there before? Everything looks the same. But see, here's the thing. It looks the same, but you're not the same, David. There's an anointing on your life. So you're going to go back to those sheep, and I'm going to allow the bear to show up. And something's going to rise up in you. And you're going to slay a bear. Not a squirrel. Not a lizard. A grizzly bear. Now, you know I'm a theological dork, and I didn't put it in my notes, but I looked this thing up. I said, now, what are bears in Bethlehem and lions? They're extinct now, but they were, and they show pictures of them. And there were certain types of lions. They were really ferocious, and certain types of bears. These ain't no American bears. These are Middle Eastern bears, okay? So the bear that David killed, I didn't want to bring, if you were in youth ministry, you would have got all of the dork. I'd be like, teenagers, listen here. The bear was approximately, but you're not there. <laughs> but this was a bear bear. Someone said this was a bear bear bear. And after he kills the bear, he doesn't try to start a bear LLC after. He didn't try to brand himself because he killed the bear and get a website. Because you don't want to start something that you're just passing through in. And sometimes we make a long-term season, something that was supposed to just be a significant moment. And you brand yourself as one thing. And God said, you were supposed to keep walking with me. I got some other things. He kills the lion. Nobody knows it. Someone said, no one knows it. It's such a secret. 
Now, if your brother killed bears and lions, if you saw him coming to the battlefield, you'd be like, bro, come on, bro. Like, they, Goliath over here. You'd be like, yo, come on, David. Let's go. That's my brother right there, y'all. We're going to be good. That's my brother. Why we gonna, he's anointed and he kills bears and lions. But no, no one knew. Nobody knew. Not even his brothers. They was focused on his job. Focused on tending sheep. Now, what's crazy is even after he kills the bears and the lion, one translation actually says bears as in plural, like this happened occasionally. There's another translation, and the Bible says lions as in plural. I thought it was just one bear or lion. You argue it for yourself. But he finds so much purpose in the process that on the way to the battlefield, you would think that day was supposed to be his moment. But he was so focused on his father's role. He was so focused on serving that he didn't even not know when his moment was. Many of us are serving, but we're looking for a moment at the same time. So we're like, I'll serve you, but when it's my turn to jump, I'm jumping. So you're serving, but you're serving to a degree. Ah, uh, We're doing things for God, but we're doing, with, we're doing it with some variables. God, now you know I'm only tithing because I'm believing God for a house. Now, you, now God, I'm only sowing. I can really care less about, I really care about that. But see, David was so focused on his purpose and his process that before he went to go take his, he had two things to do. So check this out. His dad gave him a new task, which was to take his brother some lunch at the battlefield. But he still remembered his old task on the way to his new one. So he says, let me make sure I find someone who I can trust to take care of the thing I did old. Some people don't know how to leave nothing right. You don't know how to leave nothing right. You got to learn how to list. No one was around to see that too. No one told him to transition things right. He transitioned things right all by himself. Can God trust you in transition? Shh. Shh. No one saw David and David goes, let me make sure I can trust someone to take my father's sheep. He sets that situation up. What a young man, right? What a young man. What a young man. So in the first text, we see power. and the second text, we see practicality. He has power and he's intellectual. He can think things through on the way to a new task. He sets things up. That's orchestration, demonstration, administration, and coordination. You know he's called to be king. He's setting things up for his dad. And he's also about to take care of his brothers. Look at that. Two types of serving. He's serving one generation, which is his father. Wants to make sure his father's things are set up. But now he's also called to the battlefield to serve his brother field, food called to be king when you're called to be king god will have you serving people without a thank you y'all looking for you looking for a thank you and god's about to give you glory you better sign up for thank you bet if when you are called and you're anointed and you're god's best secret the last thing you want is a premature thank you if you need a thank you to keep going what god called you to do you're not ready yet he ties it up, goes to the battlefield, and what happens? His brothers say, I know why you're here. You're here just because you want to take a look at all the murdering and all that type of stuff. And he goes, what are you talking about? I came to give you lunch. And then he hears about what's going on with Goliath. He hears Goliath cursing his people and cursing things. And then he hears about what Saul's saying and the rumors of the soldiers that if whoever defeats this giant will get this, 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 and that. And he says, is there not a cause? He's still focused on the cause, not his own concerns. 
From day one, he's finding purpose in the process. Oh, my God, that could preach by itself. He's finding purpose in the process in each moment. He's focused on purpose. He's not focused on people. He's not focused on himself. He's not focused on what other people think. He's finding a way to find God's perspective in every season of his life, even when he's going through persecution and even when nobody likes him. Secondly, God hides his superstars in familiarity. I need to move to another city because at least they'll respect me. Well, I need to get another job because everyone thinks they know me. Well, I don't want to go around my family because they only treat me like I'm still the little niece. You were, you are the little niece, you will be the little niece, and you will always be the little niece. But what you can do is make sure you pull up in the bins as a little niece, make sure you have all your money as a little niece, and make sure you're, you know what I'm saying? You can't control how people see you, but you can make sure they see other things as well. God hides his superstars in familiarity. 1 Corinthians 1 and 28, 28 says, God chose the lowly things of this world and despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are. So David was tending, doing what one would think is foolish. How can keeping a little bit of flock teach me how to kill Goliath? How can me doing the same thing over and over and over again, the little insignificant thing that no one wants to do in a town that no one thinks great things happen from, Taking care, of, taking care of something for my father, and my father, father oftentimes forgets my consistency. I even choose to say this. What if David had daddy issues? He wouldn't be king. He wasn't moved. He was so focused. I don't know what was going on on his backside of the mountain, but he found purpose in the process. The reason why some of us aren't blessed by the heavenly father, because your daddy's in the way. Your daddy that left mama, your daddy that wasn't there for you. And there's nothing he can do to pop up out of that casket and say, I'm sorry. It's nothing he can do to bring himself back to life and say, girl, I am so sorry. This is exactly what happened. Brother, son, I'm so sorry. This, he's dead. It's nothing he can do. And here you are lacking trust in the heavenly father because of a daddy issue. And that is a precious and delicate place. But I'm here to tell you, God wants to heal you because you are God's best keep secret. Jesus was tending. David was tending, which means caring and minding and watching. He was caring for what he was called to care for. He was minding what God wanted his mind on. And he was watching what God wanted his eyes on. Tending means to care, mind and watch. So you see how when you're distracted with other people's affairs, how you're not tending in your responsibilities and the reason why you can't be promoted because God does not promote you to where you want to be. He promotes you from where you're called to be. So if you're supposed to be here and he wants to move here to there, but you're not here, you don't get promoted because this location was where the promotion was. So if you're too busy trying to be over here, so you want to do your own job, you want to be up in the middle. But God comes looking for you here, but you're not here. You're in the middle trying to get your own promotion. You don't get promoted, and it's not his fault. He came back to the place of faithfulness where he called you from, and you wasn't there for him to move you from there to here. How many people have left South Carolina, and God's looking for them in South Carolina, but they're somewhere in Illinois? God's looking for you. In places of commitment, but you're not there no more. So you're wondering why you're not promoted because that was the trampoline. That was the law. You can't move the rocket ship from the launching pad. You can't move the rocket ship from the launching pad. It's, it's, a, it's designed, it's created, and it's called to launch from here. 
David was called to be a king from the launching pad of tending flock. He was caring for what he was called to care for, minding what God wanted his mind on, and watching what he was called to watch for. And for many of us, God has plans for our life, but instead of tending our sheep, we're contending with our sheep. Let's translate it. Instead of tending our season, doing what we're supposed to do in our marriages, doing what we're supposed to do as a dad, we spend most of our time whining about things. We're whining. And when you whine, you're literally wasting time. You're li- like literally, you're wasting your own time. Not God's time, because God is good at finding others. So you're not, messing his, he's not, you're not messing God up, you're messing yourself up. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, listen. Well, God, I don't know. If you just tell me why I'm still working here, if you just tell me why I got to move, if you just tell me why I'm at this school, if you just tell me why I can't date right now, if you could just tell me why I got to fast, why am I the only friend that has to fast all the time? God, why do you deal with me like this? This is why, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know, not you, for I know the plans and thoughts I have for you, says the Lord, not your homegirl, not your homeboy. Not your boyfriend, not your girlfriend, not, not someone who you see on YouTube. God says, I know the plans of peace and well-being I have for you and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Message translation says, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out, King Richard. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you a future you hope for. I want us to do this exercise together and declare this with me. Someone say, God knows what he's doing. God has it planned out. Plans to take care of me, not abandon me. Plans to give me a future and a hope. One more time. God knows what he's doing. God has it all planned out. God has plans to take care of me, not abandon me. Plans to give me a future and a hope. Come on, give God praise for that. But in order for that to open up for us, we have to stay in a place of conviction, which leads to trust, so we can avoid whining. Because our flesh and our carnality wants to whine when God requires us to tend. Tending is the responsibility in the realm of the spirit that requires a lot of time. The reason why they call it tending the flock, you can't... You know, I had to do a little research. I researched this too. A shepherd had to know the sheep and the sheep had to know the shepherd. Like sheep can be very inconsistent and they won't listen to you. But if you're a good shepherd, I'm not just talking about spiritually, the sheep will love on you. So they encourage anybody who wants to have sheep to get to know the sheep when it first is born. So David wasn't just taking care of a chore that finally got handed to him. He was the son that often spent time with the sheep. They cooperated with him more than his brothers, more than his dad. And so anytime you are in cooperative, out of alignment, allowing yourself to be disengaged from what God is doing in your life because you don't like how it feels and you don't like what it is, you are missing out on the trust qualities that God needs to be in you for your next level. Causing you to run multiple laps with your eyes crossed, trying to stay in the same lane, with your shoes untied. With a cramp in your left calf, blaming God at the same time. It sounded like you don't even hear him. With no water, nobody clapping. And everyone sees you. And they're all pointing at you like this. Do you want to be that guy? Who wants to be that guy? 
No one wants to be that guy. (laughs) I want you to really catch this. When we whine in places and seasons that God is orchestrating in our life to develop us, we miss out on our next level because we just don't like how it feels. My last point. Covert development is the grace of God. I'm going to prove it to you. Covert means secret or hidden. I'm going to say this real quick. And I guess the second service, I'm going to say it to you all. Stop posting every moment of breakthrough on social media. The reason why sometimes that thing don't last long, there's people assigned to your life to word curse it. And word curse you and what you're working on. And you don't have that. And you got that thing by grace, not even prayer. You don't even have the prayer life to cover the word curse. And you post, I just did and that evil cousin that be smiling in your face be like, yeah, I, let me get some Ouija boards, some spice, some pepper. You're like, where did it go? I had the job. Where did it go? You have no prayer life. You couldn't keep the thing that God blessed because there's too many people around you who are called to curse it. Because you don't have enough inclination, discernment to even know who's for you because you have no prayer life. So you're telling people who are your best friends in the flesh of what God's doing by the spirit. And fleshy friends always curse spiritual manifestation. Well, that's my girl. We go way back. But she don't go way back in the realm of spirit with you. And she wasn't there when you were on your knees crying out before God. Well, we go way back. Yeah, and she was talking about you behind your back way back. Covert means secret or hidden. Soldiers go on covert missions to infiltrate the enemy's, enemy's camp. Why? What is this a sign of? There's a, this is a tactic of leadership. Some things are meant to be designed, developed, and done in secret. It's not that you're walking in no integrity. It's not that you're trying to live a lie. It's that you know God's not done yet and that your mouth closed is very key to what God needs to do to birth the very thing he's trying to birth in your life. And you don't need to accidentally release it early. He, you're trusting that God will release it. Covert is the opposite of overt, which means obvious or in full view. And what Instagram does is it gives us an impression that things are obvious or in full view. What social media does, what all these things, these marketing things, they're designed to make it look obvious. There's nothing wrong with this because it's a tactic in business. But you go to some people who who work in the publicity realm, they'll say, seen on BET, seen on Fox, seen on these Hillsong, whatever. And that's good. You got to do that sometimes. The man looks at outward parents, God looks at the heart. But you ain't going to see no one say, seen in the realm of the spirit, seen by Holy Ghost, seen by test, trial, and trip, seen by being faithful. You ain't going to see that, though. But there's some doors that only open up, not because you were seen on BET, seen on HBO, seen on Fox. It came because God found you on your knees, found you in your shatai, found you in your worship, found you in your tears. We're trying to be seen, but God said, I'm trying to set you up to be found. Ah. And David was trying to be seen. David was not trying to be seen. David was postured to be found. Look to your neighbor and say, does it look like you can be found or are you trying to be seen? Watch out. Watch out for trying to market God's miracle. You can't market God's miracle. God's miracle is his work. You can't market what God can do in your life. Stop trying to articulate. Allow them to realize that you got there with no degree. Ah, You got there with no degree. It was the glory of God. Let them know I don't have no good family. I ain't come from no good nothing. God made me a good father. Stop trying to make God's uh, stop trying to make uh, God's uh, uh, miracle manifestation and glory more palatable, more palatable, more 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 understanding. 
Let them look at you and be like, how'd you get here? I would tell you, but he's not done yet. Just keep looking at me. You don't deserve that. Shh. I would participate in the conversation, but he ain't done giving me stuff. You got to learn how to handle the fiery furnace of people's eyes. Ooh. Which makes her think she deserves that. Well, how can she? Well, isn't she the girl? Isn't he the dude? Yeah, that's me. But God ain't done yet. Keep talking. I'm called to this conversation. Ah, I'm called to this Goliath. I'm called this to this season of persecution. This is my fire furnace and we're called not to bow to Nebuchadnezzar. So we going in this furnace. Nobody, no other generation has the privilege to go in a fire furnace before the Lord other than Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So we're going to go in our process and we're going to go in what God called us to tend because we had one row. Someone say one job. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's one job was not to bow before God, before that, that king. What's your one job in the realm of the spirit? What's the one thing that you're called to do that you'll be called to do all your life? That one thing you're called to do that is your brand in the realm of the spirit. Some of you are called to keep telling people the story of how God got you out of it. And that story will never change. No matter how much money you, I'm talking to someone, no matter how much money you have, no matter how much education you have, the Holy Spirit will always bring you back to that one stupid story that he'll have you keep telling and it's so God can get all the glory, not you. That's why David, as a king, said, don't my father, don't my mother forsake me. What are you talking about that for? He said, you don't understand. I'm going to dance out of my clothes because I come from a town called Bethlehem. In Bethlehem, there was nobody. I was out here by myself tending flock. And God said, a prophet to come anoint me? As we continue to socially distance, be sure to stay connected with us online. Stream our services on Facebook and YouTube, as well as rdci.info via the Watch Live tab. Sunday morning services are at 7.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on YouTube, Facebook, and our website. Wednesday Bible study airs at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Friday, Women's Bible Study airs at 12 noon via Facebook Live. Consider connecting with us as a partner or an iChurch member. More information about our partnership and iChurch member services can be found on our website at rdci.info. For consistent updates and encouragement, connect with us on social media through Facebook at Right Direction Church International and on Twitter and Instagram at the RDCI. Right Direction Ministries, transforming lives and impacting generations. If you are in our area, come join us at one of our three locations. In Columbia, South Carolina, Sunday morning worship is at 7.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. Wednesday Bible study is at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Friday, women's Bible study is at 12 noon. Our worship center is located at 3506 Broad River Road in Columbia. In Orangeburg, South Carolina, join us with campus pastors Trey and Katie Brave for Sunday morning worship at 10.30 a.m. and Tuesday evening Bible study at 7 p.m. We're located at 990 Willington Drive in Orangeburg. In Florence, South Carolina, join us with campus pastors Dwayne and Denise White for Sunday morning worship at 10.30 a.m. and Tuesday evening Bible study at 7 p.m. We're located at 1507 King Avenue in Florence. Please email your testimonies to praisereport at rightdirection.info or letters can be mailed to P.O. Box 21672, Columbia, South Carolina, 29221. 
please consider partnering with us or send a one-time financial gift. For more information, visit our website at rightdirection.info. 